0: How's it going, Connectors? Welcome to another fresh episode of Staying Connected, where we find connections through open and honest conversations. There's too much emphasis on differences that we forget that we're just one big community. We seek to learn about life lessons, experiences, setbacks, and vulnerabilities of one another. How's it going, guys? I'm Kenny. And I'm Scott. Let's go ahead and jump into it. So for today's episode,
1: it's about um, inspirations, basically. Who is your biggest inspiration? And I had thoughts about this. And, you know, and usually I want to say something heartwarming and um, <laughs> nice, like, oh, yeah, it's my family from the start. But it wasn't,
0: you know. Yeah, I, I thought the same too.
1: When, when you're so young, you just don't understand what your mom and dad or, you know, your siblings are doing for you. Not until you're, you're much, much older that you realize, oh, man, they did they, they do a lot for me. Yeah. And now they're my inspiration. Mm-hmm. But truth be told, um, I didn't really have a inspiration or main source of inspiration growing up all until like my college years. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know. I, I think I didn't branch out like I wanted to. And I was just in this mode of just, you know, doing whatever I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. there's really no one to look up to. Um, until now, okay, but okay, just yeah. to cut it super short. My main inspiration is uh, Jocko Willink. Oh, you know who that is?
0: Yes, I kind of read about him a little and all that. So, what do you know? What do you know tell about us more. him? Well, he's so in the military, and you know, he's, he's also um, a podcaster like us, and um, yeah, I mean, not too much. Right. So he yeah he
1: was uh he's a navy seal um he's a business person he's so many things a podcaster a writer um he's known for one of his main phrases which is uh, discipline equals freedom um mm-hmm. i don't know actually no i know how i got into him i was um, watching joe Rogan. and then he <laughs> was one of the guests on the shows and i i think it was one of my first time listening to a podcast you know, this, that, this was before I listened to a podcast on a regular, you know, like mm. when I'm walking, when I'm eating, when I'm just doing nothing. Um, so I was listening to this why I talk and, you know, at first I'm like, oh, I know most of the time when I listen to military guys, you know, they're not the most uh, exciting person to listen to. <laughs> so it's always like the same message. But something about Jocko just drew me in. Uh, and What kind of he message, did, by the way? Um, he... So the overall in that episode, it was all about um taking extreme ownership of your everything, mm-hmm. taking extreme ownership. So whatever happens, you know, don't look to blame it on other people. Don't look to cast stones on other. The person you should um, blame most is yourself, and mm-hmm. here's why. You now the moment you start taking ownership of your problems, you know. Then you can start to get on the path to uh, fixing it, or getting better at it, right? Because the moment you start blaming on other people, you know, it becomes like, oh, I don't need to work on myself because it's that other person's fault. Mm-hmm. I don't need to start fixing this because they need to fix themselves first. So nothing really changes, you know, when you start blaming other people. Um, once you start taking ownership. You start to fix that. You start to fix, you know, things that are wrong with yourself. Um, When you start taking ownership, people start to actually respect you because every time something goes wrong, the natural reaction or the natural expected reaction is for someone to blame another person. So when you do take responsibility, do take a little ownership, um, people are taken back. They're like, "Oh, wow, this person is actually taking ownership." And then they start to trust you more like, Hey, um, that was my fault. Here's how I'm going to fix it. And then you start to build a relationship. You to, you start to build rapport with the other person. And in my head, it started to click. That made so much sense. It's like all my, all my life, I've just been blaming other people for my uh, shortcomings. I've been blaming people whenever I haven't gotten what I wanted. So yeah you know, by hearing that, I'm like, Oh, That makes a lot of sense, you know? And then he he came to another point of sometimes the the ego comes in, you know, you take ownership and then people start blaming you and then you start getting mad from that. So like, for example, let's say um, I had, I I messed up at work and a coworker's like, yeah, that's totally Scott's fault. And then I start getting mad at it. Mm -hmm. Then that defeats the purpose of extreme ownership. He starts getting mad at it. Mm -hmm. No, the opposite should happen. You should be like, yes, exactly. That is my fault. No, now this is how I'm going to fix it. Instead of, you know, you take ownership because it's, you feel good. And then someone blames you for it. And then you get mad. And that that's very counterproductive. in My opinion, you you get blamed for something and you agree with that person. Yes. You agree with that person. Yes. That is exactly my fault. Yes. I'm going to take ownership. Here's what I'm going to do. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of people fall into that trap of like, yeah, yeah, extreme ownership. Everything's my fault. And then someone points it out and you get mad. Like, no, no. I w-. Like, like, yes, it's my fault, but then that was out of my control. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Take complete ownership of everything. You know, because let's say a project, then um, you, you miss the deadline for that mm-hmm. project, whatever you're doing you like, yes, that's my fault, Um, no. But let's say another person points out like, hey, Kenny, you know, um, that was out of your um, expectations. No, it was because of this other person that the deadline didn't get met. But, and you could be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That wasn't my fault, that was someone someone else's fault. But no, it's completely your fault because we know why? You could have communicated better you could have uh, checked in with this other person. Hey, is everything all right? You need more resources. You need more time. Mm-hmm. The deadline's coming up. So in a way, you take control of everything, you know, then you you, you stop the, the the cycle of blaming
0: and start the cycle of um, fixing. Yeah, I mean, I remember us kind of touching base on, you know, the idea of taking ownership and the whole ego, um, matter of it and yeah I mean we have to realize that you know we're constantly going to be working with others and you know every now and then we tend to you know maybe make mistakes or you know working in teams might not be kind of like the most awesomest thing you expect to have but um yeah taking ownership and the whole word of blame Is already, it's, yeah, that's one word that we really have to try and work on and try to eliminate from, you know, any sort of teamwork that we, you know, stump, that we see ourselves in moving forward, so.
1: Exactly, and I just realized that, you know, the moment I started to stop blaming other people and start, you know, taking full responsibility for everything, the better my life got. Mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I, I no longer seek someone else to take the, the fall for my uh, actions or inactions. Mm-hmm. I started to look for different ways for me to get better at things. Uh, I started mm-hmm. to look for ways on how, how could I prevent future um, shortcomings like that. So I started communicating more at work. I've started key, um,
0: communication.
1: I started um, you know, looking for future outcomes and Look for different possible ways for me to um, solve a problem, whether it's in personal, like my relationships, um, the way I treat other people, you know, so it, it, it just blossomed into um, all the avenues in my life. And mm-hmm. um, I started you know, on the journey of you know, listening to podcasting because um, people don't understand. You know, it's kind of like having a mentor when you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn so much from other people. You you basically stand on the, the shoulders of giants, you know, instead of learning everything brand new and fresh that you don't know, you learn it from people that have already done it. You learn from their perspective. And for myself, it's like other people have made these same mistakes. You know, I don't need to make the same mistakes. I can learn from their mistakes. I can learn yeah. from their problem solving so it will save me a lot more time and once i start to realize that it's like okay i'm on to something i'm on to better leadership and better teamwork better
0: collaboration better problem solving yeah so and, and i i mean what i like about you know listening to podcasts it it helps with some sort of guidance along the way it's yeah like what you said Um, you know, these people kind of tell their stories, their mistakes, their trials and tribulations, challenges, and they kind of share on how they overcame everything. And, you know, it gives us um, some sort of confidence and understanding of, you know, what not to do and yeah, what to do instead. So it's definitely been a great um, asset to you know, to learn from each podcast we listen to. For sure. So, what, what do what other podcasts do you listen to? Well, there are here. I pull up some right now. I've got like a small list. Well, staying connected. <laughs> it's not really staying connected. Yeah. On Spotify, yeah. YouTube. Yeah. So we have quite a few. So, the Gary Vee experience. Yes. Yeah. Gary v. That was like one of the first ones that I um, <clears throat> jumped on because, you know, a lot of people recommended that um, to me as well. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, they, they have these weekly episodes and all of that. And, you know, the, the topic changes just like ours. And, you know, we learn about different things each, each week. And, yeah, it's definitely motivating and you know good to hear other people's stories so that's you know kind of the reason why I was motivated into starting this podcast as well it's just to share and also you know maybe provide some guidance just like how we were inspired by other podcasters mentors um with their experiences as well so
1: you know if uh if there's anything that this podcast has um, given us, or especially me, mm-hmm. is that, like, yeah, like, I hope whoever's listening is getting a lot of gain and a lot of benefits out of this. But the main person that's learning the most is me. Yeah, I've, I've learned so much, um, too many things about myself with this podcast. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's great. Every time I listen to an episode, there's something that I can pick out. It's like, oh, I, I did that very well when I organize my thoughts and I explain myself, that was very clear. Okay, well, how did I do that? You know, what was my thought process um, leading up to that? And then there are things that I pick out. like, oh, I need, I need to work on that. I, I need to work on my, my posture, my body language. My lighting needs a little working. So it's just the little things that I pick up here and there, but I've gained probably the most from starting this podcast. I don't know how you feel.
0: I mean, I totally feel the same Way too, you know, just being able to share my experiences and, you know, kind of step back a bit and then realize, you know, it's okay, you know, to, to share these stories and also to find ways on how to learn from our experiences and also getting feedback from you and anybody that's listening or watching as well. Um, yeah, this is kind of like our, our diary, you could say. Um, Allowing us to, you know, give you a glimpse of who we are and also for us to, um, yeah, just realize our self um, at the end of every episode. You know, we give out these recommendations. We yeah, share our challenges, insecurities, um, all of that. And it's definitely something... That you know we enjoy sharing, um and it's yeah building kind of like our relationship as well. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like one of the biggest things I've wanted to develop
1: for the last couple mm-hmm. of years is learning how to articulate myself better, learning how to be a better storyteller, learning mm-hmm. how to combine and make the sentence flow um, yeah. much better than I did before, and I think that's one of the hardest things about. You know just public speaking in general mm-hmm. you know, there's a structure to it as
0: well. yes and
1: you know just listen to myself before like i used to hate listening to my voice um, but that's that's the thing you need, you need to start somehow and i'm mm-hmm. glad we did this you know and i feel every episode that we do i get a little bit better a little bit yeah. better and hopefully by episode 100 or episode <laughs> 500 I'm quite articulate. I'm able to get my point across clearly mm-hmm. without all the mumbles or the ahs and the ooms, yeah. without taking long pauses. So that way um, I can pass that skill on to, you know, people are listening, um, my kids. Yeah,
0: you know, they, they, they could probably like, you know, take over the staying connected. <laughs> yeah. Staying connected, the second generation. <laughs> the second generation. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's far and beyond
1: right now. So going back to that Gary V podcast, um, what's, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned listening to his podcast?
0: You know, I mean, kind of just, you know, not being afraid to speak your mind and also to, you know, we make mistakes along the way and, you know, we as adults, you know, we have to learn from our mistakes and, you know, say like, for example, um, you know, we're, I would say so many, just like in the workplace as well, you know, like taking ownership, all of that, um, say if I made a mistake, you know, take ownership of that. We learn our lesson. We have to learn our lessons. That's completely you know important in order for us to grow kind of thing so yeah um just
1: learning from our mistakes so has there been a recent example of you um learning from that mistake like what, what, what was the mistake
0: yeah um i think recently forgetting about deadlines kind of thing so you know i had this recent project that I needed to finish like that day. And then I totally forgot about it till two days after until I got a email coming back to me and saying like, um, why wasn't this completed? And then, um, you know, a part of me wanted to be Mm -hmm. like, well, I had other stuff on my plate and, you know, it's constantly Mm -hmm. busy, but then, you know, I did make a note of it. I just didn't remember. So I basically, you know, owned up to that mistake and then just said, oh, I do apologize and let me work on this right now. Um, And, you know, I just took care of it and then everything was fine after that.
1: So So moving forward, how how are you gonna not run into that
0: problem again? Well, I've been, you know, setting, my whole list of what I do for each day and then you know checking it off as I go. Um and then also setting calendar reminders as well. I constantly have been doing that now. So uh, yeah, losing track of time has you know every now and then. So what does Gary Vee recommend? Because
1: I've listened to a few episodes. Um about, about the same topic about uh, having too many things on your plate one of the advice that i've listened to is um i'm not sure if this applies to you in your workplace but uh, being quite selective of what you can and can do because i know sometimes those thorough throw projects at you guys yeah um, but other times you know you do have control of how many um you do projects that you take on so is it yeah. like the case of just? too many you're taking on right now or pretty
0: much you could say um it's like you know i i mean i under i kind of know know my my strengths and also weaknesses so if there's something that you know comes upon me that i feel like i could you know do this um then you know i tend to just like say yes and That's one thing that I'm trying to work on, too, you know, trying to trying to say no, um, even if I know that I could do it. And um, yeah, so being very selective is pretty key into, you know, finding some sort of balance with your personal and work life as well. do you think you um, take
1: on so many projects? Is it to impress your boss? Is it to... That's
0: that's one part of it. Um, And, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of, you know, fear of missing out because, you know, there's a lot of fun projects that I want to take on. But at the same time, if I don't have enough time to finish all of them at a certain deadline, then it's... It's going to, yeah, in the end, it's going to bite me in the ass. <laughs> Just like the email coming yeah, back. But it was, yeah, um, it's something that I, you know, am working on moving forward. Just hey, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get an update next yeah. week. Yeah. All right. So it's like, you know, I am working on the idea of saying no. Even if I want to say yes, so bad. Fear of missing out. Yeah, there, there is definitely there's a podcast on that
1: called uh, FOMO, um, by Patrick McGinnis. Highly recommend you check that out. Uh, He talks a lot about that, uh, being selective with the quality of work and Mm -hmm. how. Um, it's let me, yeah, it's called literally FOMO. It's on um Spotify, yeah, on YouTube. F O M O by Patrick McGinnis. I believe it's M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S. So check
0: that out. I think you would really enjoy that kind of podcast, Kenny. Yeah. And I think, you know, with <clears throat> my, my situation specifically, like taking on these projects, you know, quality is important. And when you take on too much, um, when the quantity kind of increases, the quality is kind of like, you know, it slowly That's decreases exactly. because you want <clears throat> to... You want to like finish it up mm-hmm. as soon as possible, so and
1: that's the one thing about the workplace and i have had that same pressure of trying to do too much, trying to build that reputation of like oh that's uh Kenny that's God that's the guy that gets things done that's the guy that you know it's a team you're trying to be a team player by helping mm-hmm. everybody, but a yeah. matter of fact is you're just taking time away from doing the high, like you said, high quality work that you should be doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's the reputation that you want to uh, have for yourself as the guy that does, uh, does a great job, you know, but he only does a great job on the projects that, um, I, think, I think I worded that wrong. Basically having the reputation of guy that does high quality jobs, you know, but Mm-hmm. Uh, since you're known for doing high-quality jobs, they're gonna give you um, uh, harder, harder projects, harder cases, and those typically turn into the more interesting or fun uh, projects to do. Since they wouldn't give like a minor project to you know a guy with that reputation. Yeah. So that way you can satisfy both things at the same time: having that reputation and having those fun and interesting projects. So. Yeah, it's tough, but you can't have both worlds. You, know, you got to pick Bad. either one. Yeah. So, yeah, something to work
0: on. And
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, and going back to the biggest lesson that uh, we've learned, especially for me, for my biggest inspiration. And I don't think I asked you about your biggest inspiration. We'll get to that in one second. Yep. Um, one of the things about extreme ownership is it's in the uh, title itself. Some people could take extreme ownership so much or to, to the extreme that they start to take away responsibility. Take, they take too much blame, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, we'll, we'll, we'll go back in the workplace because I've seen this happen so many times, especially for myself, of how I'll take um, ownership of everything. Like, I want to do this, I want to do that. You know, because I want to take ownership of everything. Mm -hmm. And then I start sucking all the energy out of the room. I start doing everything for everybody. It starts to wear me out. Um, It starts to make people feel very irrelevant because I'm doing everything. Like, oh, don't worry about that. I'll take care of that. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about this. I'll take care of this. Then it just takes away people's responsibility. It takes away people's um, basically joy fun in like working and things that they're passionate about because i'm doing everything i'm trying to
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, i'm basically doing for the ego when i take on everything you know i i think that i'm helping the group i'm helping the team but in fact i'm hurting them yeah. by doing everything so sometimes as a good leader you gotta tell the team or the, the group the objective and kind of just sit back and support you No. Know, and if anything goes wrong you take ownership for it because you are that leader and that's how I was in the beginning. I just, I was just doing everything like how you were, you know? and then I didn't get a chance to you know, detach and take a step back, which Jocko recommends doing a lot. Cause when you're in the, when you're in the, the trenches, or you're doing, you're doing everything at once, you, you don't see the overall picture. And that's, that was something that I was doing to my coworkers and doing to my um, superiors, you know, I think I thought that I was helping, but no, I was hurting. So um, do be careful. There is a big dichotomy in taking too much ownership. You know, you need to find the right balance, that sweet spot, that Goldilocks zone. But yeah, that's Mm -hmm. my, that's probably one of the bigger lessons that I've learned. Yes, you can take ownership, but yes, you can take too much ownership. Yeah. Find that balance. So so let's switch it to you, Kenny. Who
0: who is your biggest inspiration? Mm -hmm. Um. Well going back to like the beginning um you know yeah we we definitely wanna see our i mean our family as ins- inspirations they have been doing a lot for us um since the day one, and you know if if I had to choose someone that you know um for myself, I also never had an inspiration like till you know after let's see yeah right after high school okay i think um so i think as of now my biggest inspiration so far has been anthony bourdain mm, yeah yes so r.i.p um, yeah r.i.p <clears throat> so he is the reason why i you know stepped out of my comfort zone um to travel and live in a different country. And, um, you know, for those of you that don't know who Anthony Bernin is, he is a chef, um, journalist, author, and, you know, just a world traveler that truly is the seed that planted my motivation to go to these countries. And, you know, I lived in Korea, studied abroad in Korea, um, also went to Japan as well. And, you know, watching his episodes growing up, he has definitely, you know, shown a lot of people kind of like the realities of these places that um, we see and, you know, learn about. And, you know, many times we see a lot of the the glamour and the the nice things about these places, but in his series called no reservations specifically um yeah we never get a chance no reservations um i highly uh recommend that and you know he goes to these countries um let's say for example korea because i lived in korea um yeah instead of you know staying in like seoul and just the city life and all that he does go out and eat a lot um but at the same time you know he Shares some of the, you know, the realities of it and like places that a lot of tourists, um, you know, wouldn't know about. And um, yeah, share the culture, share a deeper meaning of the culture while traveling with locals. Um, yeah, travel and learning with locals pretty much. Um, so yeah, for me to get that inspiration from him you know it's i take it wherever i go and you know he had a quote as well it's a it's a long one but um just gonna read a little bit what he says that travel isn't always pretty it isn't always comfortable sometimes it hurts it even breaks your heart but that's okay um the journey changes you it should change you it leaves marks on your memory on your consciousness consciousness on your heart and on your body so um yeah those words really impacted me um, into making the decision decision to go abroad and um step out of my comfort zone because i've you know i when i first moved to korea that was my first time out of the country and at what 20 years old you know i was Excited, worried, Um, yeah, and I was just more excited because Anthony Bourdain gave me that confidence to, you know, just go out and experience it, even if you have these challenges along the way. Um, And yeah, to this day, it's going to be like that. And moving forward, whenever we can travel again, it's his words, his... um, yeah, just his um, whole personality into diving deeper into these cultures really helped out.
1: I definitely see the, the mindset of being open-minded whenever mm-hmm. you um, travel. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of people, they're, they're scared about trying new and different things mm-hmm. whenever they go abroad. That's why, and I see this with tourists too, when I travel. Is that when they go to a new place, you know, they're worried about oh, what's the food? Like, they're not using gloves, mm-hmm. they're not yeah, not using masks, and oh, it's sanitary. And they mm-hmm. end up going to like a McDonald's.
0: Or yeah, that that's people. what I I don't like about yeah all of that stuff. And you know, Anthony Bourdain himself, you know, he, he eats off the street kind of thing, like you know, street food. That's like one of the best places. Um, I agree. You can experience real. <laughs> cuisine from that culture um and yeah being able to make friends with locals who know the area is also something that I tried to do as well when I went to Korea building that relationship um and then yeah we talked about language barriers cultural differences all of that and it's just you know making that first approach into um you know we're all curious human beings so we definitely want to learn more there's always room to to educate ourselves and also to learn from others who um you know know more about these places and Anthony Bourdain yeah it his series No Reservations has you know been on for so many years and it's something that you know everybody should kind of look into um, yeah. And I guess fast forwarding to today, that's another reason why I started my food blog. It's because Hawaii itself, it's a melting pot. And, you know, actually telling the stories of these dishes and also learning more about the cultures behind it is what I wanted to explore even more. think that's one thing that
1: I really appreciate about um, whenever you go to a new restaurant mm-hmm. and you you I usually like to ask the owner, like, oh how did you get started? Mm-hmm. Or like, um, well, what's the what's the history behind this? Yeah. If I see that they're very passionate in what they do and they start explaining everything, and mm-hmm. for some reason the food just tastes better, you know where it's coming from, you yeah. know um, the hard work behind all of this. So I I truly do appreciate when um restaurant owners do do that.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of
1: times I get it. Sometimes it gets busy and everything, and you can't really talk.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but sometimes when the when the food like, you just get it and then there's like there's no um, aloha behind it. Yeah. So, you, know, you, you can definitely tell. You can definitely tell. So I I did go to the um, West Coast. West side. Why not? Yeah. West yeah. A, West, West side. Side, uh, side. We ate at this farm, and um, luckily there weren't too many customers there, but the owner um, was there just. Talking with us, and like, he was explaining, like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the, the process of how we plant these things, is how we pick it, how we process it. And yeah, it comes straight from the farm right to your table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the history. We've had this land for so many years. And you know, in my head, I'm like, wow, that's now that I'm an adult, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really do appreciate all the, the little things behind it the history, the culture behind it. Okay, mm-hmm. why do you do that? Why do you yeah. cook it like that? Why do you plant these kind of food here? And I'm like, okay, that makes sense now. Now I know what's going on in my plate. I know the history, I know the culture and everything just changes, you know, mm-hmm. versus like, I don't want to bag on fast food too much because it's still good, but you know, there's no history and there's no culture behind that. Yep. It's, it's machine process and it's there for efficiency right. rather than the, the, the hard labor of
0: trying to, to put this dish together. Yeah. I mean, labor and all the effort, you know, like for example, making kimchi, um, you know, I was able to experience that um, making kimchi while I was in Korea and, you know, here we just have it in the store. We just easily pick it up in those jars and then take it home, eat and enjoy. But, you know, it's in Korea, they really take, you know, They make kimchi constantly, and the labor, physical labor, it is. It's an art. So, yeah, Anthony Burdine, he kind of touched base on that as well. And, you know, he tries to cook these foods as well, um, which I found pretty interesting. It's like he ate and learned about those dishes and then eventually tried to make it himself. And, yeah, that's one thing. That I try to do as well, learn oh. or eat, learn and cook. So when you do travel mm-hmm. now that,
1: you know, you do what Auntie Bernin does. Yeah. Um, do you still do the tourist things? Let's say, let's say you take me. Let's say um, you take me to Korea. Okay, mm. are we gonna be in more tourist areas, or where are you gonna take me? No, it's gonna
0: Korea. Yeah, I mean, I will take you to these hole in the walls that you know a lot of tourists probably won't even go go to um I lived in the countryside when when I was living up there I was far away from Seoul the main city so I basically had all of these mom-and-pop restaurants um that's been around for many years and I will take you to the street food markets um automatic automatically and it's just you know, feeling the energy of the market and also tasting the foods that are being cooked right in front of you and talking with these people that make the foods. It's definitely an experience you cannot really have when you're sitting in what like some fine dining restaurant and mm-hmm. all of that. So yeah, it I my goal is to you know share food and also have some sort of like conversation storytelling type of feel whenever I want to share these places with people because they have to understand how much effort goes into it not just you know waking up early to do it but it's just being consistent with it and everybody has to know that you know a lot of these street food vendors as well they wake up super early and um that's basically their life. They, yeah, they're they have their house because of these, you know, markets and
1: it's crazy. It, it gets it gets me fired up whenever um, the owner talks about like the process and the history and the culture and things. Mm-hmm. It gets me fired up when they're passionate about their food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets me it gets me real excited to try this kind of food when the owner has that. infectious energy Mm -hmm. or the passion wherever they're um, describing something that they've made you know there's something very um, not very subtle but I wish more owners would do more of Mm But whatever you're doing like have some pride in that because you did that the the, the fruits of your labor um, for many many hours many many years have accumulated to this one dish or this one item Mm -hmm. so even if I know it's hard hard for me to say this because I'm on uh, outside looking in, like whenever someone asks about that, it's an opportunity to tell them your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm real fired up to go to Korea. We've been talking about this for
0: a while now. A while now. So eventually that day will come. I mean, you know, just in addition to like, you know, going to other countries and learning Mm -hmm. more. Um, I think Hawaii um, recently lifted, they, they had, like,
1: I saw on one of our friends' posts about
0: Korea, How? Oh, yeah, yeah. So they're now allowing um, Korean citizens to travel to Hawaii with a, a pre-travel test. And, yeah, so tourism will slowly pick up. That's that's in November, right? I believe so. Yeah, I got to double All right. check. All right. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> putting it out there right now, November. <clears throat> November. So, yeah, I mean, if you're listening, you know, it's, although we can't travel as much as before, um, still, you know, take some time to watch Anthony Bourdain's series. It's definitely um, intriguing to just hear his conversations with the locals and the places that he visits and um, all the foods, you know, it's, So delicious, and it's (laughs) Um, hopefully, yeah. Whenever traveling is back to normal, then we'll just go out and have confidence, and you know, instead of being scared, worried, just just go.
1: I agree. Yeah. Um. Who do you think? Is there anyone you can think of that? Um. I think it goes back to beginning about. Parents and siblings mm. or not but is there anyone that just came out of the blue and said something or did something and then it kind of changed your became your inspiration mm. like someone okay. you hate someone you you didn't know
0: someone came yeah. out of the blue um maybe not someone in i mean if i go back to like my family and all that so mm-hmm. i mean um well back in How old was I? I was actually a fresh freshman in high school. So my, no, no, sophomore in high school. And then my brother, my older brother, um, he recently graduated from high school, went um, into the military. So at 18 years old, yeah, he served in the military. And then all of a sudden, um, I guess during training, he himself, had some sort of, like, flesh-eating bacteria that was oh, no. um, traveling in his left leg. Um, it's called, like, necrotizing fasciitis type of thing. Um, and, you know, that, that um, disease had to... He was forced to amputate his leg. So, um, at 18 years old, fresh out of high school. And... You know, he eventually did the surgery and then the recovery period was, you know, it it was years um, mentally and physically um, challenging. And, you know, growing up and, you know, being that supportive brother for my brother was pretty important. And he also had um, friends as well. Um, up in the mainland where he was um, stationed at. And he, what is it? Yeah, it took many, 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 many years for him to recover and to, you know. um, But, you know, fast forwarding, I guess to today, you know, he's taking his physical challenges um, and, you know, using it to inspire other people wherever he goes. You know he goes to the store and then a lot of people would say oh what happened to you because they first thing they see is the leg the, right. um so he does wear a prosthetic and you know it's you can see it um so yeah a lot of people just come up and say oh what happened at first he was kind of when he first got asked that he was like kind of uncomfortable but then mm-hmm. over the years he'd be He just started sharing about his story and um yeah that inspired me to you know like he's overcame his physical challenges and you know he he just he's a normal person just like anybody else like and what is it you know even if he doesn't physically have like his left leg he didn't he didn't um stop doing any like physical sports type of thing you know he started getting into adaptive paddling and you know competing and all of that and um also you know just being able to have that support and you know just having um what confidence in everything that he does um so Yeah, that's my inspiration it's like you know overcoming you know no matter what you are physically it's you know be proud of who you are it's it comes within it's not your physical appearance type of thing so sharing is powerful you
1: You know in in your opinion Mm -hmm. um when was the moment that he came to terms with it because i know, mm. you know so, it, would, it must have been extremely difficult in, in yeah. the beginning aspects
0: yeah i think that um occurred when so he he was in the mainland and then when i graduated high school um we lived together so during my entire college years um we lived together and then he eventually jumped on um the adaptive paddling um, organization. And that was kind of when, yeah, he started gaining more confidence in, you know, who he was and not being kind of embarrassed or shame of like his physical appearance kind of thing. Um, And yeah, I constantly would just tell him, you know, just go, just go, go, go. and then, yeah, I mean, you have a lot of people staring and sometimes it's just overwhelming. And what is it, you know, we definitely had our experiences where we had to speak up and say like, oh, what are you looking at? And um, yeah, a lot of people would just look away and just walk past after. And it's, yeah, there was definitely challenges Um whenever we went out as well. But for the most part, you know, we we definitely tried our best to, you know, just, he definitely tried his best to share rather than to, you know, kind of get angry, too angry. So I could see how, you know, that could be
1: the instant reaction or that could be like the norm for someone. I think you know, getting back to this, that, yeah, yeah, getting the back parts to that you were down. Exactly. You know, it's it, it. I think for him, it was it would have been justified, yeah, for him to get mad or um, be very sensitive or react the way that he did. Mm-hmm. But the humility that he showed, uh, the the per- perseverance and the resilience that he showed, and I hope to meet your brother one day. Hopefully, when we you go to, uh, back to your mm-hmm. home island. Yep. No, know huh? and uh, yeah I would, love, I would love to connect with him and yeah. talk more and you know learn how you were when you were a kid through his eyes because
0: mm-hmm.
1: things like that they're just they're just not easy at all mm-hmm. you know when you're very um, insecure about what happened and even though it was out of your hands there, you can't help but think you know what have I done this could I have avoided that you know like and when you go out it's like I don't want to be here and people are judging me and you create up all these scenarios in your head and it's a mountain to climb. You know, it is, it's truly a mountain to climb and you know, your, your brother
0: is an astonishing human being for that. Yes. I mean, yeah, he's definitely, he definitely holds the, you know, the idea of Mr. Aloha um, everywhere he goes. Um, he's always trying to, you know, conversate and, you know, and just you know, try to, you know, be friends and with everybody. And he's he takes the effort into learning about others as well. And I guess just on a side note, he's also a barber, um, certified barber, the only one back in my hometown. And really, um, wow. yeah. So he's constantly just you know having these opportunities to to share his story and also. Learn more about other people along the way. And yeah, definitely inspiring. I think it. that's really hard to do. Because after a traumatic experience,
1: like everyone mm-hmm. could easily go down the path of being of hatred and bitterness. Because mm-hmm. I've personally seen in my life where something traumatic happens to a person and they completely change. Yeah. They're no longer the happy person. They're no longer the outgoing person. And they just they just shut down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And instead, your brother took as an opportunity to work with what he's got, to be positive, to learn about other people. So
0: we need to get him on the podcast. We, right, good. I will. I'll I'll reach out to him. He definitely would be if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he wants to share his story and all that. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. To this day, it's he's constantly just you know doing as much as he can, and I just. Living life normally, um, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's like you look, you
1: look at um, people like that and you got to ask yourself, like, why can't I you know, even come, at least 50% of my life, you know, I need to change my mentality or something,
0: but what's, mm-hmm. what's the excuse? Yeah. What's the excuse? That's, that's the thing. I mean, he says no excuses as well. So, t- tells me that a lot, no excuses. Yeah. You only got one life. Mm-hmm. You're, you're only here on this
1: earth for so long and how long you're gonna be in it, you don't know. So whatever you're scared of, whatever you're afraid of, it's, you're gonna look back, if you do it. You're gonna look back and say, man, why, why didn't I do it sooner? You know? Who cares when you're like 70 or 80, yeah. you know, are you gonna be worried about, oh, I did it. Oh, I I, made f- I I look like a I look like an idiot. No, you're not gonna think that when you're 80. You're going to think, no. I'm, glad, I'm glad I did that. <laughs> yeah. So, you look back 50, 60 years, it's like, does, does it matter how you're feeling now? Awesome.
0: It's the same
1: for myself. It's the same with family. Mm-hmm. You never realize how rough um, your family gotten, has, has gone through it. Until you're an adult, you have a better perspective and... My brothers are a big example of that. Even my parents, too. Um, we immigrated from Vietnam to here. And if you don't know about uh, the Vietnamese culture or the Vietnamese government or what was going through that time, we Vietnam is a communist country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hear a lot of people talk crap about America and how it sucks. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: you do not understand what it's like to be in a communist country where The government literally can make you disappear if you talk bad about them like over here yeah you can talk bad about the government you talk bad about the president whatever and you'll be okay in vietnam i I, and i I know it, it, it might get a little dark but i've i've known people that publicly they're like activists they're publicly saying bad things about the government and then they they have mysteriously disappeared Ooh, the next, yeah, so it's it's quite scary. It's like people don't understand the scope of international affairs. It's like it's no joke. You're if you if you say bad things about the government, like they're gonna target you and your family because they're it's like a regime trying to oh, question the noise. But anyways, well, we escaped that, and mm-hmm. you're basically giving up your entire livelihood. You know, my dad, he was um he was an architect in Vietnam, making good money. Um, he was a high school graduate, which college sorry, a college degree mm-hmm. graduate in Vietnam. You know, which meant a lot because yeah, you, you the the opportunity to go to to get higher education isn't a thing. Um, I think besides my dad, the highest level was um, middle school. Mm-hmm. So coming to America, you know, his degree didn't matter anymore. You know, because you did you need like the right accreditations and yeah. Vietnamese architecture is not the same as American architecture so they did take on these um, crappy jobs you know washing dishes and Mm -hmm. waiting tables and such and now it's long hours being on your feet constantly working Mm -hmm. because that's all they had it's all they knew how to do um, I think at the time and you know I can't say for them but you know it's tough to go back to school when you don't know English you, when yeah. you don't have the confidence of knowing something, it really messes with you. So they um, they confided in the Vietnamese you know, restaurants because they can speak Vietnamese, they can make relationships and such. But the cap was very low. you know. If you only have a Vietnamese degree and you know, you're waiting tables and washing dishes. And for my brothers, it was the same thing, learning English, mm-hmm. adapting to a new culture. Since they're a lot older than me, um, the the challenges were were a lot more difficult since I'm younger I could absorb everything I could make more mistakes but for them they're older the the expectations were a lot different and they had their own challenges especially especially my older brother he has gone through so much crap and you know there are a lot of uh, scars that he has received because of it but he doesn't he, I think for me, he has he is the prime example of the American dream. You know, he graduated middle school degree. In Vietnam, you get a degree for finishing high wow. school. Um, but yeah, college graduate. Um, he went into um, computer science, um, grinded his way through, uh, making decent income as a family. Mm-hmm. It, it, he, I think for me, he is the living embodiment of the American dream. He started mm-hmm. literally from rags had nothing had no money yeah we didn't have a, a lot um, as we moved to hawaii but he literally had nothing wow like, when i say nothing like still, some people are like oh i have nothing but he still have money he had nothing nothing so he worked he worked for every penny that he has hard workers that, that's probably my probably might, might be one of the hardest workers i know doesn't complain just puts his head down and works which i think sometimes works against him But, hey, he has worked so hard, and he finds different ways to support the family, no complaints. Basically, literally my hero. Uh, My middle brother, yeah, same thing. My middle brother, same thing. He worked his way up, Um, you know, didn't complain, kept working, kept grinding. You know, for many years, I I just remember all the times where he would come down, come home from school, and just, like, um, say hi, eat a little bit, and go to work. And now it's right there. Yeah. Harvard medical doctor, you know, mm. so, as for me, wow. I, feel like sometimes <laughs> I feel like, I feel, sometimes I feel like I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm like a failure because I'm, <laughs> I expectations. haven't reached those heights. Yes. Yes. I yeah. haven't reached those heights yet, but mm. I need to remind myself that you knowing whatever path they took, that's the path they took. And whatever path I take, I just want to make sure that, you know, it's something that I want to do. Because, yes, I have been pressured to be a doctor. I've been pressured to be Mm -hmm. a lawyer. But those professions, they didn't um, resonate with me. So I'm going to take my own path. might take me longer to reach my financial dreams and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. I'm having a blast going there. So I can't complain. I did have it a lot easier than my brothers. I will not complain. I find my life is probably the easiest of the two of them. But (laughs) that doesn't mean that it's so easy that it's not hard
0: yeah you know it's so easy to complain about many things and you know for your brothers to just like eliminate that out of their lifestyle it's give them props for that
1: <laughs> yep. and it's just they're my brothers are just like your brother it's just, mm. they see no excuses let's work hard let's yeah. get after it yeah you no know, when we can we came from nothing so mm. there's literally we can't lose you no know, and that's the formula um, if you work hard enough with the right goal and the right strategy, you'll get there. Oh, it mm. takes a lot longer, but you'll get there. And now, now I, I truly see it. Um, it's just a lot of people make so many excuses of like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. No, I, yeah. I don't have the right connections. You know, my family's not rich. I'll do this the other day. I'll do this
0: sometime next week. Exactly.
1: It's just, if you do it now, you know, many, many years from now, you'll, you'll get it. It's not—it's not gonna be you know, as easy as you know people with the resources or people with the with parents with money, but you'll get there mm-hmm. as long as you follow your own path. And that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned from my family. Like looking back now, you know, just follow your own path, keep working hard,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you'll get there. Inspiring. That, that is. not, <laughs> yeah. not Ready to go destroy the day after this yes. podcast. <laughs> or conquer, conquer the, the day. You know, that's inspired. In, like I got my wisdom pulled um three three days ago. And you no, know, I thought to myself, you know, I can just take the day off. I don't have to <laughs> work out to run, but <laughs> I I just I worked out like the day after my wisdom and I felt good. I felt good. There's no excuses because you don't? Yeah. I, I think that's just been imprinted in my, my brain. It's like, no matter if I'm hurt, no matter if I got this going on, I still need to learn. I still need to read. I still need to work out. Yeah. Because I I need to. It's It's been, it's kind of like
0: obsessive. It is. You know, we built that. um We condition ourselves to, you know, just con- consistently do these things. and I feel like I got a chip on my shoulder to be great. I don't know how you feel, but. Yes, for sure. Right now. Uh, you know, just hearing a it, lot of these inspiring stories. Yeah, it. getting fired up. Yeah, yeah. Right. basically, you could see that. Um,
1: on, a, on another note, um, after my two free covers, we do need to celebrate <laughs> with some
0: food. We will. Yeah. Whenever, Whenever that sure. may be. Next um, week okay next week perfect next week, I'm, I'm healed up that's uh chewing on <laughs> chewing, some chewing barbecue. on the left side only
1: <laughs> for sure and then i i would love to hear more stories about korea yeah that's uh that's the one thing i love about um you know eating with you and the guys it's like i love learning about you guys and i love learning you know what you guys done yeah uh, where you guys been so that's definitely something forward to look forward to yeah Definitely looking forward to that. All right. Um, in the meantime, recommendation of the week, reflection of the week.
0: Reflection. What do you I, Kenny? I have a reflection of the week um, kind of thing. So, um, well, what is it? We recently posted something on our social media with a quote. If can, can. If no can, still can. So, um, this particular quote comes from the former um, Hawaii County Mayor Billy Kenoi, um, who recently passed, and he has been such a, you know, the Mister Aloha, um, because he not only helped the Hawaii County community, but just all of the all of the state, pretty much, and his personality per, personality into. Um, you know, reaching out to people and asking them how he can help is, you know, just like kind of like a god pretty much. But, um, but he definitely had a strong local influence on everybody to achieve anything that you want in life, no matter what um, obstacles or challenges. So he actually spoke at not my graduate, not my college graduation, but I guess the year before. um, Yeah, so he, he spoke at the, at Hawaii Pacific University's um, commencement the year before I graduated. And I would have to say that is one of the best speeches I've heard because, you know, growing up as a local kid, you hear pidgin being used and, you know, for him to use Pigeon at a college graduation, it's like, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, maybe be more professional, but he was also professional. Um, And he was telling his whole life story about it. Um, And he was saying how, you know, he had had like a 1.8 GPA and ended up becoming a lawyer later on. Um, His parents were also, you know, kind of, was doubtful, a little like jokingly doubtful because of his GPA and um, yeah, just his whole personality didn't expect him to um, become a a lawyer. He specifically said his parents thought that he would probably need a lawyer later on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, from there, he just made sure that a lot of people um, understood that you know, no matter yeah, what life chale- life's challenges bring you, it's, you just have to set your mind straight. And, you know, there's a strategy to everything. And you need to just focus on you and making sure that you're achieving to your best potential um, in everything that you do. So if can, can. But if no can, still can. No excuses. <laughs> i love thesis.
1: it. yeah i love it But for you um i think it's it's a reflection and mm. i don't know if you kept up with all the the trading um mm. stocks and all the memes okay. that's been going yeah. on <laughs> but basically a short story is that uh, gamestop and a whole bunch of other stocks have skyrocketed yeah. due to um a bunch of redditors. And a lot of people going against the traditional financial system. And we will talk more about this when I have my uh, friend on next week, talking more about investing and such. But basically, my takeaway was that there are only so many times um, in history, especially investing history, that you'll have an opportunity to uh, make some money, like a lot of money. And for me, I was, uh, I was a little skeptical, as I should be. But it was looking, of course, in hindsight, you can be, oh, I should have I invested and made all this money. But well, there are only so many opportunities in investing that will make you a lot of money. And this is one of them. And I won't make the same mistake twice. And I guess it goes into the biggest lesson of, you know, if you do see an opportunity, um, the things that have never, this has probably never happened before in, a, um you know, stock market history, investing history. You know, it, it's it's certainly, I need to look at it more and I probably need to um, take some action, some inaction. Of course, I didn't lose much by um, not taking any action, but like I said, the biggest takeaway, sometimes life presents you with opportunities and you need to reach out and take it. And that's why I've been thinking about, like, the last uh, week or so, mm-hmm. and, you know, who knows when's the next time, you know, this opportunity is gonna kind of present itself because a lot of people have made a lot of money, like life-changing money. Yeah, like for me, investing is cool and making money is awesome, but it also serves as a vehicle to towards financial freedom. Yeah, and you know, who knows if I could have invested a little money here, I would have made some money that would have helped. Know me, reach my goal sooner. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but in in the overall aspect, kind of the your perspective is, you know, if there's an opportunity, just take it and see where it t- will take you. You know, whether um, you lose money or not, or wherever you, it, it, it teaches you a failure. It's still a lesson, and sometimes history will give you an opportunity, and you just need to take it and you need to live with it. So. Yeah, that, that's my reflection of the week. Like, opportunities are so rare here and there. Uh, of course, you need to vet every single uh, opportunity, but okay. it's, it's time. It's, sometimes it's just best to jump on and, and ride the wave. Why not? Cool. Well, yeah, other than that, uh, this was an amazing episode. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like something that's it's- I think it speaks to the human soul. Is mm-hmm. I love it when we do episodes like this and when we. Uh, we become a little vulnerable and we share things about our past and we look at and we examine other people closely in our lives. And yeah, this is one of those episodes that, you know, it will be definitely become one of my favorite episodes.
0: Yes, same here. It's like, you know, we're just inspired by both of our stories and yeah, sharing vulnerabilities, all of that.
1: Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure you uh, noticed this, but every time we do these kind of like vulnerable, sensitive uh, episodes like that, I feel like our, our bond gets a little closer because I, 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 get, I get to learn more about you. I get to mm. learn more about how you're feeling during that time. And I, nice. I think I, I, I got told you, like, I really just wanted to start this podcast to like, mm-hmm. you know, deepen our relationship. So
0: yes, objective, achieved. to open and honest conversations. Yes. Yes. That's the only way. Cool. All right, so thank you guys for tuning in to another, yeah, one of my favorite episodes so far. Um, you can catch us here um, on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe as well as like, comment, share with your friends as well. Um, we're also on social media as well. So stay connected, follow us. And we're we'll posting a lot of different things, um, uh, soon, like quotes and just tips and also just clips of future episodes. Um, we're also on Spotify. Uh, follow us and listen to us wherever you go. Um, and thanks again for tuning in to, yes, another fresh episode. And we we'll hope, hope that we can catch you again uh, next week. And if you have any other you know, topics that you want us to talk about, Uh, Feel free to comment and we'll see you again. Take care.